coming to you live from Shadowloo City. It's the Template Podcast. My name is Bruce, and all I want to do is create the perfect podcast. Not for power, <laughs> not for evil, but for good. The Street Fighter review will be the 64th of many, and they shall march out on YouTube and all podcast platforms and sweep away every adversary, every creed, every other podcast until the very planet is in the loving grip of the 10-point podcast. Then peace will reign in the world, and all humanity shall bow to me, uh, well, us, in humble gratitude. I should probably... See what I did there. I tried to do the bison thing, but it looked a bit worse than that. <laughs> so we'll just ignore that. Well, I mean, there's the time. Ah, that's better, yeah, let's go yeah. for that. <laughs> uh, with me today, in the planning of Ten Point Podopolis, first, oh. I know he likes to look at himself on television, the sick son of a bitch, it's Chris. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the one at least likes to do that, so I'll give one to you. <laughs> and secondly, he beheld Satan as he fell from heaven like lightning. It's Andy. Yeah, I got a good one this time. I'm taking that. <laughs> there wasn't too much in the way of insults thrown around in this film, which I thought there would be for a fighting game. Uh, we are the Ten Point Podcast. Uh, in amongst all our planning of world domination, uh, we record uh, podcasts and reviews on films. You can find us wherever you get podcasts, every single podcast app, from Stitcher to Apple to Amazon to Spotify, everywhere you get podcasts, you can find us. And you can find us on YouTube, Ten Point Podcast on YouTube. Usually in video form, uh, we're trying to work our way through it, finding a better system for recording the video, and hopefully we've, we've landed on it, uh, for the time being at least. Until Chris uh, updates or something and fucks us again. <laughs> <laughs> Get in touch with us on our social medias, Facebook and Twitter, just 10 Point Podcast on those, all the letters, no numbers, 10 Point Podcast, and 10pointpodcast.com has everything you need up there, links to everything, and also uh, where you can donate and send us stuff and all that. I feel like we've not had the old... The, the, I don't know, the tree out looking for cash. And all I know, else. we need so, cash. Any any sponsors, anybody want to drop us anything, uh, contact us. We'll do anything for money. Also, there's a podcast. Exactly, yes. We're, we will review anything for money, let's say that. Uh, and this is a big episode at the end of the episode. All of our listeners, all their picks have gone into a, I don't know, a, oh, they're on a, a wheel, aren't they? Like a wheel on a magical wheel, that's going to be uh, amazing. A magical wheel. Uh, and we'll decide. So get your picks in on all the social medias, etc., uh, for what you want to do next. And uh, if you know us personally, you can tell us on the street because Chris has been going door to door getting. <laughs> <suggestions>. so, uh, <laughs> let us know. However, you can. Uh, before we get on to the point of the episode, what have we been watching in the last week? Uh, Andy, why don't we start with you this week? I feel like you normally go last. Well, I'll tell you what. I peaked from Free Guy last week, uh, and I've not actually watched any films since then because I don't want to ruin the taste of Free Guy. It's a peaked. I don't think there's any better movie out there. It is done. So I can't watch I anything else. Uh, it'd be out of character, but I thought you might have seen it again. That was all. I thought maybe you I don't I don't want again, to do but... that either because I'll bring the score down. It was uh, I don't know if <laughs> fans have probably read the website already, but it's Chantel's first ten out of ten movie. On the website, I saw that. So. it was, the, it was the, the perfect the perfect review on the Ten Point Podcast. Yeah. So I did see that. Yeah, so yeah, nothing from Andy. Anything nope. interesting film in the time, Andy? Uh, no, I've just been watching <laughs> like local you, stories and shit. <laughs> right, uh, Chris. What well, about you? I have picked up from Andrew's lack of films. Ah. Uh, I watched the new Space Jam film. Uh, it's not quite as bad as what Andy was saying. Like That's it doesn't right. ruin your childhood. It does, but it's definitely nowhere near as good as the original Space Jam. Definitely not. No. no. Uh, 
I did enjoy it. Like, I thought it's, it's enough nostalgia, uh, and plus the, I, like, I quite like the good bits in it. I, like I want Bill Murray. Get together. Yeah, he was out. There wasn't enough Bugs Bunny. It seemed to all be about LeBron James. There was not enough of the, the two. And Daffy Duck hardly used at all. Oh, he was the coach this time, wasn't he? Yeah, it's Philly. He did nothing. The Bugs Bunny problem is that it's a different guy being Bugs Bunny now. That that was the problem for me. Uh, yeah. Like it, it sounds different to what Bugs Bunny sounds, but that's obviously going to happen when you bring it out what twenty five years later or whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, I also watched the uh, Army of the Dead. Um, again, I don't think it's as bad as what everybody says. I seen a dead pixel. Is. I didn't see the dead pixel. I saw it. It was really bloody, but yeah. across the it didn't distract me too much from the film. I did like the idea of. Uh, a little spoiler here, folks. Smart uh, zombies mm. and like organized zombies. I thought it was quite a cool idea. They're normally just wandering dumbasses, but it's quite a cool idea. I feel like it was just epically long for no reason. That film, I just thought it'd, it'd take an hour out of it. And I can't believe they've already filmed this, the prequel. That's mental. Have they? <laughs> yeah, it's all about the safe cracker dude. Ah, huh. right, okay. Yeah, might be better huh? in some ways. <laughs> Uh, and um, sorry, finally, uh, because Andy claimed it was better than Jaws, I watched uh, the Meg. Right, film. Yeah. I know, right? It's been a busy week for me for a change. <laughs> uh, I'm going to get straight to the point. It's nowhere near as good as Jaws. Oh, fuck right, you, Chris. Okay. You're wrong. Jason <laughs> Statham and a big fucking shark. Uh, people who only watch and listen to us won't know of the massive coincidence relating to these two films, Andy, will they, that you alerted us to after we did the Jaws episode? What was that? Which was... You went to see the Meg the exact day or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, it was like three years ago on the recording day. I actually went and watched the Meg. It's totally out of, completely unplanned. I guess it's the summer, isn't it? So that might be what it was. Yeah. So that's my three films that I watched this week. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I managed to sneak in just the one. A film that I've never seen before, that I've heard a lot about and always wanted to see. And I actually bought it on Blu-ray the last time I was, like, when I was able to go to a shopping centre, I went to HMV mm. and, oh, I'll get a cheap Blu-ray. It was Escape from New York, the uh, Kurt Russell uh, kind of John Carpenter, <laughs> I say action film, it's literally a B-movie from the early 80s. Yes. And I was like, so I was like, this film is meant to be great, it's culturally massive, I know the name Slick, Snake Plissken, is it? and I was like, why is this film never on? <laughs> Ten minutes into the film, you realize hijackers crash a plane into Manhattan, and then about two minutes later, he then flies a plane on top of the World Trade Center, and I'm like, ah, okay, that totally explains <laughs> why this film is not broadcast or available <laughs> anywhere anymore. Uh, I liked it. I feel like it's definitely one to watch more often. I think it's one to kind of, the more you watch, the more you like the bits in it. It's got high points throughout, which would be quite good for the podcast now. Think about it. But uh, I was not blown away by it just yet. But I think if I watch that again a couple more times, I might get into it. There's more. some banging yeah, practical yeah. effects in for a B movie, though. I've, exactly. I've never seen it. Is it to do with like Metal Gear Solid, Steak Pluskin? No, that's where they <laughs> took the name from. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, essentially, what was it? Uh, the hijackers, hijack Air Force One, crash it into Manhattan. Uh, but the president was on the plane and managed to escape. And then Manhattan at this point is a prison. The entire yeah. island is a prison. So the Snake Plissken is the world's most dangerous man. They send him out into the prison to go rescue the president. Uh, and okay. that's, that's the film there. <laughs> but yeah, it's 1981, essentially a B-movie, but pretty good. Uh, I would I would give it, a, give it a watch for cultural significance, if nothing else. Okay. Uh, and I'll do this. We better get on with things then. On to the reason for the podcast. Point number one. What's the point? The reason this week. 
1994 action adventure comedy thriller Street Fighter. <laughs> That's apparently what it is. It definitely <laughs> added comedy afterwards. <laughs> I don't think it was ever the intention. Yeah, uh, uh, and I would I would say I, I don't know, I guess that covers it. It was like fighting movie. Uh, I don't know if it is really, but it's based on uh, Street Fighter Two: The World Warrior, the fighting video game made by Capcom, initially made for arcades in 1991, later released in your, I don't know, home video or home video game uh, consoles. Film brought to us by Columbia Pictures and Capcom. Uh, Capcom haven't made any films we've done before, but Columbia have been behind Leon, 21 Jump Street, Triple X, Grimsby, City Slickers, and Idle Hands. So we have seen a lot from Columbia. Collection. in the. I was going to say, that's up and down there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, the film, although based on a video game, was written and directed by Stephen E. D'Souza. Uh, he, we've also covered him a couple of times. His high credits on his uh, filmography were writing 48 Hours, Commando, The Running Man, Die Hard 1 and 2, The Flintstones, and an After Street Fighter, which comes around there, Judge Dredd, and Lara Croft, Tomb Raider, The Cradle of Life, which I think is the second one. Um, so he wrote all those movies. There's high points. But this was the first ever... Theatrically, theatrically released film that he, he directed. He only directed about six or seven films, and this was the first one to come out of cinemas, and was possibly the kind of the biggest and best one that he did. Uh, mainly a writer of films, and I'm sure Andy, with his massive trivia knowledge, will probably get into uh, maybe why he directed it. I feel like there was probably some production issues at some point or another. Uh, we'll get into that a bit later on. The film stars Jean-Claude Van Damme. Uh, famous for Bloodsport, Kickboxer, Double Impact, and Universal Soldier, before making Street Fighter, and since then, Double Team, about a year later. And then the next thing that was he was known for was JCVD. It's oh, a film it's that came out about 20 years <laughs> after all these other credits, and Andy seems to have heard of it. Why don't you explain what it is? Andy? It's a Amazon TV series. Um, and it's kind of, yeah, it's like a mockumentary. Yeah. It's brilliant. I feel like I've heard of that before. I've never actually watched it. It was one of Amazon's kind of first big exclusive film series things that they got um, when Amazon started going heavily into doing like exclusive when um, Netflix were doing it. Uh, It's probably four four years old now, I think it is. But it's funny. If you like Jean-Claude Van Damme, it's worth a watch. He he plays himself, but like dialed up to 11, doesn't he? Yes. Yeah, big time. He's involved with like, is it like stopping a bank robbery or something like that? <laughs> and, and, I don't know. That's kind of what the brief synopsis I read said about it. Uh, co-starring with Jean-Claude Van Damme is Raoul, I think it's Julia, but Raoul Julia, if you prefer. Uh, famous for Presumed Innocent, The Adams Family, Adams Family Values, and Street Fighter. Uh, they're his big credits, because unfortunately he, he died before Street Fighter even came out. Uh, so they were kind of the peak of his career essentially was uh, doing the two Adams Family films then Street Fighter and then a film that came out after his death that I have now forgotten because I didn't write it down he actually won Golden Globes for and stuff which was the one more film after this that came out uh, after he died so he had a very successful end to his career but he had a years long battle I think it was stomach cancer that uh, kind of yeah, finally wore him down through 1994 yeah. uh, back on to Street Fighter though made on a budget of 35 million dollars Opened in the US for the first weekend, $7 million. Final US gross, just $33.5 million. Didn't quite make its budget back, but worldwide, $99.5 million. So it did almost triple its money uh, around the world in terms of ticket sales. I'm not sure, $100 million, is that big in 1994? I'm not sure if that's... I would say so. Right, okay. So, it's big now. I'm surprised I'll that... take it. There you go, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I think a movie nowadays would be a bomb if it didn't make $100 million and it was... Uh, Probably released cinema-wise. Released 
23rd of December, 1994. This is a Christmas movie. <laughs> or a Christmas type movie. Oh, fun, first fun fact. Oh, here we go. It was released on that date because it's actually Giles' birthday. Um, and Giles actually Jean-Claude Van Damme in this film. Oh, yes. yes, yes. So there you go. Uh, fun fact. His birthday. There we go. I was not aware of that one. Thank you. Uh, the film was available, or available, eligible for the 95 award season was only nominated for two awards, and they were both at the 1995 Saturn Awards, which ah, is the Academy. Oscar. No, unfortunately not. The Academy of Science Fiction and something or other movies, but they're called the Saturn Awards. Nominated for Best Science Fiction Film, but lost to, Star- uh, to Stargate, which I thought might get uh, a reaction. Oh, hi. Yeah. <laughs> I'll allow it. Oh, the other nomination, Best Supporting Actor for Raul Julia, lost to Gary Sinise for Forrest Gump. Uh, Rob. Uh, okay. Dan, what which, uh, I don't know yeah. why, when you said that, I had Gary Busey in my head, and I was like, that's a travesty, but then I was like, no, that's not him. <laughs> no, different guy altogether. So yeah, that's it. There was no no Razzies, no terrible film awards. It was just literally just those ones. So it was not panned on release like some films we've done in the past have been. I've got a brief synopsis here from uh, from a new a new contributor, M. Phoenix. Uh, I'm not sure it's his real name, but that's what he's written this review under. And it goes as follows. I'll never read this. I haven't read it again, so I don't know what's coming up here. Colonel Guile leads an army of soldiers into the country of Shadaloo to find traces to lead him to General M. Bison, who has captured many people, including three missing soldiers. Among them is Carlos Charlie Blanca, in which Bison decides to turn into a hideous mutant. On the other hand, Chun Li is a reporter who seeks revenge against Bison for the death of her father years ago. Then... Two small-time hustlers, Ryu and Ken, are arrested along with Sagat, a powerful arms dealer, and Vega for dealing of illegal weapons. Gail recruits them in order to find Bison's base. Now, Gail, T-Hawk, Kami, Ryu, Ken, Chun-Li, Balrog, and E-Honda have three days before Bison murders the hostages and takes over the world. Uh, all the characters essentially name-checked there. Um, <laughs> sure explains what's going on. Uh, that's what it's about. Uh, Andy, you selected it. One a quick reasoning for why you did it outside of your theme, obviously, because we know you've got a theme. Well, yeah, it's part of the the ultimate theme, which is actually a theme this time. <laughs> there can be no mourning, but uh, right. yes, this film is it's me personified in movies. It's got everything. Right. <laughs> it's got it all. It's got highs. It's got some terrible lows. It's got some amazing effects. It's got some shit effects. It's got it all. You never know right. what you're going to get from scene to scene in this film. I, that is true. I <laughs> Uh, I personally had never seen it. I was aware of its existence, but uh, and I, I knew of the games, but uh, yeah, I'd never seen it. What about you, Chris? I'd only ever seen it from like my normal bit halfway through the film. <laughs> um, as I got to Bison's little layer bit is where I seen it from. Uh, Channel 4, 11 o'clock movie? Maybe this one? Ah, yeah, oh, right. could be, yeah. Uh, so that's kind of how I feel. It's like <laughs> I'd yeah, definitely seen this early on. doors, though, because I, I, I remember playing like Street Fighter 2 on the NES. Right. Yeah. So I was, I was I was all over this. You were in the, the Street Fighter culture back in the 90s. Definitely seen this before Mortal yeah. Kombat, which we all know is a banging film. <laughs> which has been reviewed <laughs> in the past. It did not score very highly, if I remember. Yeah, I might have a quick look through the uh, recording to see if I can see if can compare and contrast <laughs> against the review. Uh, on to point two, then. The high points, what we thought the best bits and things of the film were. Andy, you picked it. Why don't you start with your high points? Right. Always comes up, and you know I'm a fan of them. But sets... <laughs> like this film has some amazing sets and some fun facts for you they basically had to rebuild half the sets because uh they shut down production which was an ongoing fiasco anyway 
Um, but they had to move everything from Taiwan, I think it was, because there was some war. Um, right. And then basically everybody was contracted. They all finished anyway. And then when they were cutting the film together, they realized it was quite shit. So they had to rebuild <laughs> most of the sets in Vancouver. Um, oh, okay. So that's quite a feat, considering they're rebuilding yeah. sets and getting actors back. So. And I think but if I were in, in the boats on the river, that quite clearly looked like it was over in Asia. So yeah, that was that, that was bit. over there. But that even that scene was meant to be um, planes and helicopters, but they weren't allowed because there was a civil war going on at the time. So they basically had to change but, it to a boat. I remember reading that, yeah. And that's why the boat, the stealth boat, looks a little bit shit and made of cardboard and wood because but, they had to they had to knock it together in like a couple of days. I wouldn't be surprised if they used part of a jet plane because it looked very much like it was a plane and it's like, oh, let's just make it a boat instead. Yeah. But it's also why they have the, the weird helmets because they were fighter pilot helmets rather than boat. <laughs> that makes right, no yeah. sense. That's sort of like, you're not talking about that, but like, let's go stealth mode. Okay, put the visor down. Okay, we're in stealth mode. Put the visor back up. <laughs> what did it do? Uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to mention the, the uh, uh, Yeah, sets. Bi- but especially Bison's Lair, like, that whole thing, yeah. his, his chair, everything, just amazing. Mm. Uh, to me, it jumped out. I, I've got it as one of my things later on, but it it looks like, especially from the timeline, it looks like a direct sort of influence on like Doctor Evil's lair from the Austin Powers movies. Because I feel like it's like full on henchmen <laughs> everywhere. You've got this floating <laughs> thing, like Doctor yeah. Evil has his daft chair he deals with, and I'm like, yeah, that, this is what a villain is supposed to look like in, in one of these kind of movies. Uh, but yeah, I, I did enjoy that too. Uh, any other early high points? No, that's it, Don. Alright, I was waiting for Andrew, I thought I had another one. I've got one. That fucking muckle knot that Jean-Claude Van Damme sported throughout the movie on his forehead. I couldn't take my eyes off of it. It was massive. <laughs> oh, God. I don't think I noticed it. I think I, was just eye ro- I think I eye-rolled any time he started speaking, so I never actually... Oh, did. yeah. But like, like as soon as he walked in, he just turned around, there's a lump like that. It looks like he's <laughs> been like in a fight literally before filming. <laughs> Well, we may as well drop another. We may as well drop another fun fact. That could be something to do with his uh, ten, ten grams worth of cocaine he would do a week on set. Right. <laughs> well, he was off his tits to this film, apparently. Yep. I mean, like it doesn't come through in his performance, though. It's not like he's no because he's not he, high. Empty. It's because they kept cutting away, and apparently the whole all the way through the production, they had to keep changing his scenes. And then they put Kylie Minogue closer to him, and he ended up having an affair with her. And then she was doing coke as well with him. Uh, allegedly, I don't know. Uh, for uh, <laughs> nah, I think I they have. It's fine. Right. <laughs> uh, I see. Okay. Yeah. So Chris, I, I feel like he doesn't. He doesn't like bring him out in a whole bunch of it. He's not like he's. Oh, I'm so full of energy. He feels like no. he's, I don't know, struggling. Oh, so like the opposite. Actually, yeah. <laughs> it's just, I, I got the feeling he just could be bored. He was just going through the motions half the time. So this is your first high point, is that John claude Van has a lump on his head. Oh, uh, yeah, that's so funny. Well. <laughs> <laughs> what a high point. That's got to be the best well. high point I've ever heard. Uh, was, every time he came on, I just kept looking at that fucking knot, and I just didn't listen to what he said. Part of the film, the lump on John claude Van Damme. The best actor award there. <laughs> uh, well, first actual high point is um, uh, the lorry with explosives is rolling towards the tent. And Zangief's looking at the channel, looking at that, and goes, <laughs> change the channel. <laughs> I absolutely love that bit. Myself that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, since you mentioned it, that, that's in my low points for being what? just a terrible plan. But also, I don't understand how it works. 
<laughs> because who, right, okay, first of all, who's filming them? <laughs> Someone has to set up a video camera filming them doing this little speech. Someone's put like music behind it. So it's post production on this video because as she's talking, this is a That's background amazing. tune playing on the video, and it's playing in this little cupboard that they've got set up, and it. The whole thing, I, I thought I had to look back. I thought that the camera also changed the angles if it's like a two camera setup, but it doesn't. <laughs> it's just in the film, you see what he's doing in the car. But the whole, that good. the whole terrible, and it's a big, like, why bother recording this video to be like, we're over in the fields behind <laughs> where you are. We're about to push a van. Just push the van. Like, why? <laughs> because then you would have got that awesome Zangief line as Chris's high point. I don't know. <laughs> it was, I just thought it was like, I came out of nowhere and goes, quick, change your channel. And that's fucking pissed myself. Zangief is an unsung hero through this film. He is. Yes. He does. He's a very good showing. I, I was happy at the end when he does like essentially join. Oh, it didn't take it didn't take much for the good guy team to be like, oh, he's with us now. Don't bother like handcuffing him and shackling <laughs> him off. He's a good guy now. He held the door open. But yeah, I was I was happy to see him turn to the know, the, the light side at the end of the film. He did a very good showing. As about the what was it the you were getting paid line so yes. at the end as well. Oh, yeah. That's the original. Uh, what's that from? Meet the Millers. You were getting paid oh, to yeah. something like that. <laughs> but yeah, I, good showing by Zangief. Uh, my first high point is pretty much literally what I read out at the beginning of the film. Uh, M. Bison's big speech uh, when he finds out it's when he first finds out that Gale has been killed, like fake killed, as it mm. were. His big speech and then his little model of uh, Bisonopolis in front of him and all that. So it's a really good scene, and that's when. <laughs> Old Raul Julia became like, I want to see every scene he's in now. And yeah. that's where it was. I got the high of him and then the low every time that Jean Claude Van Damme shows up uh, throughout the rest of the film. But yeah, that, that was my first. I was like, oh, that, there's something quite good to this film. So up to that point, I was like, kind of not much of an idea what's going on. The film is equally giving me a lot of information <laughs> and none of it seems to be making sense. <laughs> yes. Like, okay, right, okay. He wants world domination. Yeah, my, my kind of high point that kind of goes on from that is like liking the games. Every single character is well represented, except right. from Guile, who, to be fair, <laughs> yes. I didn't like in the games anyway. He was always the shit character. Uh, and, yeah, it's the same thing. Everybody else is amazing, and especially Bison. Everybody always remembers um, Bison. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my only flaw is Honda, is he's Samoan in this, but he's actually Japanese in the game. Yeah, I had a look yeah. at that, so I wasn't sure myself. But, yeah, I mean... It annoyed me through the film because I had to do some research. I had no idea there was a character called Kami, T Hawk, DJ, yeah, yeah, and there was another one. I thought they were just made for the film. That used to always, it just pissed me off because that's nope. why I refused to watch it. <laughs> they're all in the but game. This must have came out after or something. Yeah, or they're just all before in, this game. They're all in spin-offs and stuff like that. Um, but the one, the one big thing that Capcom wanted for this was to get all of their characters in. Uh, mm-hmm. And at the time, I think they were up to about 34 characters. Um, but the director just basically said, no, people can remember six characters. That's all you need. <laughs> so even then, he still had to sneak a lot more in. Ah, uh, yeah, because there are real bit parts that yeah. have like, a name attached to them uh, when the film's on. Which I'm assuming for fans is amazing. It's like, oh, yeah, that's him, and that kind of makes sense. And oh, that's, that's horror, and that kind of makes sense. I was uh, like, I used to be looking forward to Dalson, though, with his stretchy arms, but he was... He's just some weird doctor in this one. It was, uh, but, he's, but he's going to have stretchy arms. He can see him. He's, he's, at the end, he yeah. lost his hair and everything. <laughs> he was the most annoying character to play against, though. Stretch halfway across the screen and kill you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, I better Honda, but I'll discuss that later. Um, <laughs> my next high point is Captain Sawada. 
Right. Anytime he spoke, he had he made me laugh. He had the worst dubbed voice ever. <laughs> yeah. And uh, if that is his real voice, then I apologise to the guy here, Captain Sabado. But it was just really badly <laughs> dubbed. And then he started speaking Japanese or sorry, Chinese. I'm not sure. And then it was fine because it was actually. <laughs> it. It, 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 it made me laugh. It was just every time he spoke, it was like. Who's the madman to do this kind of thing? <laughs> it was also he often came off the back of Van Damme. Yeah. Either in person or also with after the fact ADS stuff was also really bad as well. So it's like always the one two punch of the two of them being really horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> there was a couple of times where it cut to uh, Chun Li and Ming Na Wen, her she was not saying the words yeah. that she was saying. There's a lot of gifts in this film. The uh, the tent pushing car yeah. thing. It's because the they added lines to make it better. Afterwards, yeah, exactly. So there's a few of them, but yeah, your your man, he was the standout for yeah, someone with a couple of speaking for him. It did uh, make me laugh though, so that's why I put it as a high point. Uh, immediately before the old exploding van, I've got my next high point, which was the actual magic act itself. Blow your mind. Uh, I it's a really good act. I, it's I still have no idea. It's like obviously I know how, but how how they could physically get her out of the barrel and up at the top of the tent in front of everybody. But uh, yeah, I thought they did really well. Um, I've got this like a, a bit later on, but the the forced oh look, it's Capcom lid, and I'll yeah. just keep you showing to the camera, then I'll put it down so you can see that it's a Capcom lid product placement of the of yeah. The, Historical there, yeah. But I thought the actual, yeah, the magic. Well, it was a bit of a jump because I feel like the previous scene, I can't remember what happens directly before it, but like the three of them are like, oh, we're our little team of heroes, and something scuppers their plan, or we need to come up. And then literally it cuts, and it's the three of them standing performing <laughs> magic. And I'm like, quite a strange kind of transition from one scene to another. But, uh, but yeah, I enjoyed the act. That, that was my next high point. Uh, my other high point is. It's a hard one because I have to kind of half it because there's part of it is going to be in a low point. But is the actual story for a fighting game is pretty good. Oh, the whole kind of good versus evil type thing. Like, but I don't like Guile at all. I hate his story, and I feel like you could have just took him out and had it like Ken Ryu and Sagat, and then they get called in to kind of help try and find where Bison is. Because I li- I enjoyed their story. I did enjoy the Sagat Ryu and Ken story. I just I, but, think it's bad because of Jean-Claude Van Damme. I think somebody oh, else definitely. as Guile would have been ten times better. Uh, an all-American American. Yeah, the exact same thing I've written down is that there's essentially four quarters to the film. You've got Bison, Chun-Li and her team, Ken and Ryu, and Guile. They're the four. And no Kylie Minogue can even help what Jean-Claude <laughs> Van, Van Damme is doing in his little bit. Even Simon Cowell comes in and just camps it up to like 120 <laughs> out of 100. And that's to take, I mean, like you say, take that chunk out. I'd much rather see Chun Li and her undercover thing and the two guys with their scams yeah. trying to get in M. Bison. You could have the background of a war, but yeah, it's not happening. Exactly. Like, these guys aren't. They're operating with the armed forces. They, they're trying to do their spy shit, I guess it would be. It's how I've always thought this film should be, but. Another fun fact for you, this actually was meant to be a tournament film, like Mortal Kombat. Before Mortal Kombat was even thought about, it was still just being um, put into production. Capcom were like, we want a tournament-style film. And uh, the director basically went, nobody's going to watch that, it'll be shit. And then Mortal Kombat came out exactly one year later and did a tournament-style film. Yeah, so I didn't realize there was like a a backstory. Do you know, like Mortal Kombat now has a backstory. Yeah, with like all the Sub Zero and all that. I didn't realize there was a whole story to 
Street Fighter. I thought it was just a it tournament. It never comes across in an arcade. You have to, have to read that champion. scrolling bit. Before you put your coins yeah. in, it tells you the backstory as it scrolls up. Uh, Chris, do you got a high bank? I do. Uh, <laughs> Bison ripping the piss out of Sagat. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see that, did you? <laughs> Chris uh, has had all the disabilities uh, now. People that can't talk, people that can't see. Uh, Bison, I thought he's fucking brilliant. Him, just in general, is a, a, what, a highlight reel of high points. He is my, my final high point, capital letters, is M. <laughs> yes. Like everything he does. But specifically, before I get to him, that him as a whole, the scene in his quarters, the another Dr. Evil style scene where we've captured the, the woman take her away to my quarters and dress her up in an outfit. That always seems to be a thing. Dress her up in an outfit. And then every bit of them in his quarters with her being all done up and all that, which is always funny, him getting changed behind the thing and then his hat rack with like other 10 slightly different hats on. It changes from his business hat to his relaxing hat. It's amazing. The sweet jacket that he's on, his smoking jacket is amazing. And then him just making a drink while she's talking about his people coming and just destroying her village and all that. And it just, even at the bit at the end, where he's behind the, the per- yeah. perspex thing, and everyone's getting gassed to death. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> it's an amazing scene. Her doing the flying kick over everything as well looks a bit humorous, but again, it's a bit of action in it as well. And the, although her annoying people coming in, as she was getting the upper hand, Lee, 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 distracting her so he could get away was annoying. But yeah, that whole scene is amazing and it is made purely, I suppose the two of them. Ming-Na Wayne's doing something. She has to talk for the entire time. But yeah. Uh, what would have made that so much better as if she did her like one thing, like a horror kick thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, really fast thing. I thought yeah. that's what she was gearing towards, but... Uh. I'm sure she would do. Once he got back out, if she had been distracted, she'd have done that, I reckon. Uh, but yeah, that's my specific M. Bison. But him as a whole, yeah, amazing. He absolutely steals the show. I feel like maybe one in five films we do, someone just steals the film from me, and then Bison does it in this one. Yeah, I've got to agree. That's kind of one of my final high points. Just the whole ending thing and that as well. The end uh, fights are yeah. really good. Yeah. It's a, a proper yeah, action film really... where it just keeps going. Yeah. Uh, it's not really a high point, but did anybody else hear a goofy laugh at some point? Yep. That is in the that is in the notes. It's the first film to ever have a goofy laugh outside of a Disney production. <laughs> did you not hear it? I, One I of the heads got but... blown up. Yeah, heads got blown up. He did the goofy <laughs> laugh. Right. Okay. Yeah. I think I think I do. It jumps out at me. And my last point is Godzilla sound effects for the the big fight. Two <laughs> thumbs up from me. Yeah. I, I, I felt myself wanting the fights to happen. Like I want to see. Oh, I want to see mm-hmm. him and him fight. Or I want to see them fight all the way through. So when it gets to the end and you have got I don't know five separate fights happening with the, the main characters and not just beating up henchmen. I thought I, I was properly excited by what was going on. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it, it's a, a good payoff at the end once everyone starts fighting. Uh, it's just a shame it had to, to be Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> <Quite well. laughs> uh, we want the low points then, point three on the podcast. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> well, he was my final one in all capital letters as well, was Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> Absolutely, in more ways than one, I'm sure Andy tries to derail this film. <laughs> oh, it's just unbelievable. Like, anybody else, like, it's weird because he was obviously pitched to be Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat, but turned it down to do this film. Now, I like both of these films, but I feel like he needs to be in this film because if he was Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat, uh, it would have been awful. It would have been, yep. 
Whereas Johnny Cage didn't exactly like make that film. I'm not no, saying he no, the guy that played Johnny Cage, he's played it perfectly. He's pretty good in this um, film. You can the campiness works. I don't think it was ever their intention, but it turns out that it kind of works. <laughs> so I feel like he was best placed, but he's still the worst person in this film. There yeah. isn't a worse actor. Yeah. Every other character from the game is amazing. He's shit. The guy, the guy who plays Ken is not great, but oh, yeah, is fine in the context of the film because John Claude Van Damme is doing whatever <laughs> he's doing over there. Yep. <laughs> and even Kylie, I think like Kylie Minogue's all right yeah. in this film, but I feel like she's just stuck with uh, acting opposite this plank of wood. She's got this Belgian plank of wood in front of her. <laughs> I did read that everybody loved her. Add Raul Julia, and they're all a bit fucked off of Jean Claude Van Damme because yep. she like took everybody out for drinks and stuff. All right, okay. Was she That's because she was getting free coke. Was she? Was <laughs> she, was, she was like trying to get them all started. Sorry, <laughs> a big coke fueled. Yeah, yeah. So she got the yeah she got the job because the director was flying to Taiwan, I think it was, to film, and he got told that um, he had to have an Australian in it from the Australian Actors Guild. And she was on the cover of Vanity Fair, apparently, and just went, yeah, she'll do. That's oh, how she got yeah. the job. And yeah. then they flew her straight out the next week, and then that's when she started filming. To be fair, I forgot she was in Neighbours, so she can't actually act. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. She I, was, I always thought she was a singer. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, right, what have I got? Outside of Jean-Claude Van Damme, what low points have we got? My first one is just at the very beginning of the film, Ming-Na Wen reports the news like she's a ring announcer. She's like, and I'm here in Shadow City. She just started, like this weird intonation to her voice, which is this entire news report talking about M. Bison as if he's like this wrestling superstar and all that. But yeah, her very, I don't know, loud and grating news I don't, reporting. And all. I was not listening to what she was saying. <laughs> yeah, I was not going to transcribe that for the opening, but yeah, there's a lot of talking. <laughs> that's my, that's yeah. my first low point, just because it really jumped out at me. It's not really a big one, but you know when they're. Sagat saying, I found your weapons and here's your weapons here. And then they shoot them and it's tennis balls. And the dumbass henchman gets surprised when he shoots somebody and a tennis ball jumps out and pops out of it. He's literally just been told that he's full of tennis balls. It just pissed me off. Yeah, fully, everyone in that room is fully aware of what these are. And he's like, oh, maybe this time it'll be a bullet. (laughs) Like, it's not like a a bullet's going to come out of any way. It's like a tennis ball sized, I don't know, barrel to it. Of course, it's not going to be a bullet that comes out. Oh, and if it's like a grenade, don't shoot with point blank range. <laughs> right, my my only kind of major like low point in this film, and it, every time I watch it, I just cringe every single time. Is it's a great scene, but you'd where where it goes and where it finishes is awful. And it's when Mingna Wen's been a cat burglar and she's trying to find where the other tracker is, and then it's in the morgue. It's like we all know what's going to happen. And then it's like, oh, it's a tracker next to a dead body. I wonder who that is. Just the a whole thing's cringy. Breathing, by the way. Like, yes. when you first see it, you could see it. And I'm like, oh, all right, okay. He's going to be like smiling when she pulls it back. Yeah. <laughs> but just that whole scene always annoys me because, one, somebody, like, obviously they tried to fake his death, but people would have known that he was fake. So surely they could have just put him in a room so that he could have just sat and watched the monitor. Why did they put him in an yeah. ice cold morgue? <laughs> With that. the tracking device yeah. next to him, it just every single time yeah. it annoys the hell out of me. Oh, As or... you like lying underneath the sheet, going, "Oh shit, something's coming." I can't yeah. look at the tracker. back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> or the, the, I don't know. Or the medic wasn't clued in 
and was so bad at his job, hadn't realised he wasn't I thought dead. that. I was like, were the medics through it? And they were like, feeling it. Shit, I can't feel a pulse. But, but like, then who the the took the tracking device in? They don't have tracking devices yeah. sitting in the morgue. That's a, yeah, it's a strange place to keep it, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> but every time, that scene that, just, it's cringy for me. It just annoys me. It leads perfectly onto my next point, because this bugs me in all films that it happens in. Do you know when people have got a scanner, and they tip it down, so the camera can see what you're, they're looking at, but they're like, shit, I can't see it now. <laughs> and they lean over. So they like they keep walking along going, oh shit, I need to tip it so the camera can see what I'm looking at. But it just, uh, it's another thing that just grinds my gears in films. Like, I don't care what you're looking at, just fucking do it as if you're actually doing it. Uh, Sorry. Okay, speaking of grinding I'll, gears. I'll calm. I'll calm. Gonna, I'm gonna, I, I don't have a massive Street Fighter history here. But two points that run together here. Number one, is Charlie a common nickname for Carlos? It's got like, to be into like, it. Uh, <laughs> it must be, but I feel like a Carlos, it's pretty much changing Car- Carlos and Charlie are pretty much the same. Like, you're not it was a big leap, any... if that's where you're going. It's a big yeah. leap. Also, yeah, it's like, if it is, then I feel like it's been really bad luck, and also Guile really dropped Carlos in it. <laughs> yep. By, <laughs> we're coming for you, Charlie. Probably secretly standing next to it. Like, oh, you're really important. I'm going to do something special with you. Or, like you say, it's a massive leap for him to work out. Yeah, well, if he kept his mouth shut, Bison would have nothing. He goes like, wait a minute, you're making a point of speaking to him. I'm going to yeah. fuck you up now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it singles out his best mate. Yeah. And speaking of singling out someone, Blanca is my, my guy in Street Fighter. This film does him so dirty. <laughs> like, yeah. He, like... <laughs> For three quarters of the film, it's like muscle mass increased to this, muscle mass increased to that, and it cuts to all of a sudden he's just got this bright orange <laughs> wig. <on. laughs> it looks terrible, like it's quite clearly a wig. I don't know, must, like a local pound shop must have been selling that, and then he has just exactly the same amount of skinny as he was. <laughs> he's got green. <laughs> he's got his but, That was one of my points as well. I was like. He looks like Lou Ferrigno from the Hulk. He does. <laughs> so, like, like, you got a little Bruce Banner, he just becomes Lou Ferrigno, just slightly taller. But the thing is, Lou Ferrigno's bigger than him, yes. I think. It's, <laughs> he's just a guy. Like, they didn't even go, small guy in, bring a pro wrestler or someone out. It's just the same guy who is not massive at all. So, yeah, I feel like this, this probably ruined Blanca for a lot of video game players yeah. in the 90s. Like, he was terrible in that film. I can't be seen yeah. to have him. So, uh, no, yeah, they ruined Blanca. <laughs> Somebody had to get ruined though. It's always one character just like did not do yeah. justice. Well, they were in two, and that's Gail and Blanco. Well, yeah, but Gail was shy. I never liked him. <laughs> mm. uh, uh, a couple other ones. Final one. Uh, at the end fight between M. Bison and Gail, Gail's a cheating bastard. He keeps button mashing and doing that same move over and over again. Hi. <laughs> Does the flip kick, flip kick, flip supposed kick. To get a f- anyway. Yeah, but that, but that's actually yeah, pretty good for a video game nerd. It is like that's what people do. Yeah. Speaking that's of which, like M. Bison having the controls on his console are <laughs> the <laughs> brilliant. That. that is amazing. <laughs> like that, it got a point. I think for having that. Because <laughs> that's, okay. that's exactly what you would be uh, trying to fucking kick- button mashing mines. Go yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of kicks, though, one of my low points is one of the fights towards the end. Cami is in a fight, and she just goes. Thrust kick. Yeah. <laughs> and thrust kick. And it, why are you Why are you saying the move you're doing? <laughs> like, well, who are you commentating for? <laughs> I think she was the only one I didn't get in the memo of. We're not actually going to say our moves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, and my final low point 
is M. Bison, under no circumstances, should be giving out his PIN number to DJ. Like, that was his major... Like, he says, has the money gone in my account yet? And yeah. DJ can just do beat. <laughs> so he's definitely giving his PIN number out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any final low points? Uh, no, I've got a quick riddle for you. Oh, God. How many guns does it take to pass a gun? Oh. Three, apparently. Yeah. Like, the... like. <laughs> Vega picks up the gun, passes it to Zangief, who passes it to Sagat, who then passes it to M. Bison. Why can't Vega just go, here you go, here's a gun? <laughs> yeah, I, I, th- I thought Chris was going to do one of the yeah. jokes, like how many Bison things does it take to change a light bulb? Well, I don't know. Did you guys never watch the end credits? No. Uh, possibly not, actually. It was oh, end credits, so you, but... d- you didn't even see the end, like this is like 1994 post-end credits scene. No, oh, I'm not making oh, but I don't, know, I don't know why I didn't finish it. All right, so I'm going to tell you the post-end credit scene. So this was you added do, for... Yeah. Right, this was added for home video. Um, so when the credits are rolling, the guy that does the stupid jokes for Shadow City, um, he's doing more jokes oh. throughout. And in the very end scene, it kind of cuts um, to this little computer. And then it's like got all these like things. And it's like going down, it's selecting settings. And then it's got like end end game settings. And then he clicks it, and then you just see Bison's hand come back out of the rubble. Oh, so Bison's still alive. Oh, oh, I've got to change my stats. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I do highly recommend it. Um, It was one of the first post-end credit scenes I ever saw. Right. Well, there you go. I I never do it until... I'm going to start doing it after Marvel films now. 1994 post-end credit scene. Bison's still alive. Normally I'm still doing my notes, so I just let it run in the background. I don't know what stopped me. That's weird. There you go. So yeah, oh, Bison still amazing. alive. Good. I'm glad to hear it. All right, better rattle uh, on. But move on to the stats now, then, <laughs> now that we know uh, that's happened. Uh, on to the stats. Uh, I kept track of uh, the usual ones, a couple of extra ones, but didn't go too successfully. Uh, number of shits in the film. There was one. One and one only. And I believe it was old Jean-Claude Van Damme. He got to say it. Not a lot of swearing throughout. No F-bombs whatsoever. At one point, Kylo Minogue did shout, no you can't, which I did miss you. But yeah, not much in the way of swearing. Explosions. 54. It's been hey, high for boy. Like, not had much in the way of explosions. Uh, they were kind of condensed into a few sections of the film 54 mm. deaths now that i know the m bison survived 19 uh, also that's another thing he's m bison do we ever know what the m is at any point i feel like he's always m bison. is it not said at the start i don't think so. he's always just general m bison i don't even know and i played the games so there you go yeah because apparently e honda is what he is in the games but he's just yeah honda and referred to as honda but yeah M. Bison. So every, all across my notes, I've got M. Bison, M. Bison, M. Bison everywhere because they kept saying it. Uh, anyway, back to the stats. Fights. There were 15 Whoa. fights. Yeah. I went 15. Anytime someone attacks someone, that's not a fight. That has to be like an actual fight. So I went 15. I tried to kind of separate them at the end. In one way, that's one big fight, <laughs> but I went fight. And then... I did... Um... I carried hand to hand between actual game characters. Right. Okay. So I got seven between the characters. There we go. So there was a couple of goon fights, I think, in there as well. And I also kept the track. This film's called Street Fighter. How many street fights were there? There were none. (laughs) (laughs) Not not one fight happened on a street at any point in this film. There was one kind of in the sort of prison where they fought outside the van. Yeah. But then in prison, I don't know if it's on the street necessarily. But yeah. That's where I got to. The 10-point podcast, quotas, dead animal. Not that I could see anywhere. I didn't notice a dead animal There's anywhere. There's a few chickens about. I don't know if any of them got killed when the <laughs> thing was going away. 
yeah, truck. maybe exploded at some point. Yeah, maybe <laughs> run over by the truck. Yeah. Uh, anyone peeing or pooing at any point? Not whatsoever. They couldn't see anyone. <laughs> and I think for the first time in a while, no, no strongly hinted at pedophiles in the film. I think we got away with no. <laughs> no I think we're good. I think we're yeah, pretty clear. No, I think we might be. At, this is a good one. Although I, I don't know. I, I don't want to cast aspersions. Sagat, he's into some weird stuff, so I think he... Nice, he's just a gun runner. He might have done. Uh, and did they say the thing? Did they say Street Fighter in this film? No. no. They did, technically. Yeah. Uh, the scene that's behind Andy for the YouTube viewers, when they walk into that fight club sort of scene where Vega's fighting, there's a song playing in the background. Yeah. And it does say the words quite clearly, Street Fighter in the song, and then starts talking about being ready to rumble. Uh, I, well. I had that um, CD. I bought in Virgin Records at the... Uh, in Dumfries and the Lawbird <laughs> Centre. <laughs> the Lawbird Centre, amazing. Uh, so yeah, technically they say Street Fight in the film, but no one actually speaks it as a line. Uh, but yeah, and that is it. Uh, Chris, any other stats from you? Just your character be characters? Well, it says there was there was a Wilhelm scream, but it didn't sound like a Wilhelm scream. No. It's very early on. It's yeah. yeah, it's when the guy gets thrown into the pit, doesn't it? Yeah. I didn't count it because it didn't sound like a proper one. Uh, my other one was... I was going to count, do you know how in the game you had to like smash a car and break a wall and stuff like that? So I was going to look for that. There was a wall break and it was fighting, like for Street Fighter, but there was no car smashing, unfortunately. <laughs> so that was my stats. Not bad. Uh, Andy, do you have a most pornographic scene from the Yes. Oh. Right. Yes, I think I know. I'm thinking it's, the same one as you here. It's, it's pretty much Ming Nan Wen. I've gone straight down. When she gets that costume on, holy shit. Yes. It's like she just brought it. Even better if it was blue instead of red. I would have preferred the blue one. Yeah, but Street Fighter Two Championship Edition. That's her outfit. So it's always blue. But yeah, her in that outfit. Fourth, like actual proper pornographic moment that time. (laughs) No, no food or satisfaction. No food wise, Bison did get me a little bit when he wanted the food court to be bigger. (laughs) (laughs) Bison's my man, he's got the priorities right I'm okay with his dystopian future I'm alright with I it mean, not, not too much to argue with it, it looks like quite cool as well with the skull and stuff <laughs> yeah exactly I'd like that to be my town logo whatever you want to call it uh, better crack on then it's the halfway point of the podcast <laughs> technically uh, so it's a half time quiz I have got a little quiz written down here I don't have to I'll suck at this uh, I feel I'm trying to think. Andy's the expert here, so do we want him to go first or do we want him to go second? Yeah, I'll go what? first. I think I went first last week. Right, so Andy, I'll give you the first set of questions. So, question one for Andy. Some of these are very easy, some of these are not so easy. What nationality is Cammy? She's American. She British. is not. She is British. Is and she? Kyle Middle attempt at a British accent through it. Yes, her little yeah. patch. No, I thought it was American. Jan. Uh, uh, I'm confused. Why didn't just do Jean Claude as Belgian? He that's exactly what I was going to say. Gail's a big American character, isn't he? Like he has the yeah. American tattoo, which is oh, one... but she purposely shows off every time. Yeah. Yeah. Either make Jean Claude Van Damme <laughs> a Belgian guy or cast a different person to be an American. <laughs> <laughs> I like how yeah, Kyle Minogue has to affect an English accent to be British, but Jean Claude Van Damme can just do what he likes. <laughs> like, like you're American, most definitely American. Uh, anyway, on to on to Chris's question. Sagat says that Vega is his greatest champion since whom? Who was the last? Uh, Iron Fist, which was him. Correct. On God both damn it, Chris. Uh, back to Andy. What is Gail's first name? His Christian name, if you wish. Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> uh, 
I forgot. It is said a few times and also printed on his boat. <laughs> I know, and I've completely fucking forgot. Oh, pass. <laughs> is it, it not your middle name, William? It is, in fact, William. Ah. <laughs> Uh, unlucky, yeah. Uh, there were a couple of easy ones, Andy. Shut up, it's hard. <laughs> I don't do easy. Uh, Chris, Honda has a guidebook in his van. It's titled. <laughs> I made a note of this. Okay, ah, it's titled uh, Is Shadaloo on blank a day? Can you fill in the blank? $25 a day. Uh, Fucking <laughs> hell. I made, a, I made a note that is right there as well. <laughs> I'm dropped. I can't um, win. It's over. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, it's five questions each, so you need to get this one, I think, Andy, or we could be scuppered. What would the exchange rate be of a bison dollar five to pounds. the British pound? Five pounds <laughs> to a bison dollar, correct. That's what it would have been, but did not get that far. Chris, Sagat wears an eye patch. Which one of his eyes does it cover? His left. His left is indeed the correct answer. And it's right uh, in the game. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Uh, it's uh, harder to see because the other guy couldn't actually see his other eye, so that's why they had to change it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. I'm glad I had that as a question. That's really good. <laughs> uh, right, next question. I think Andy needs this one. Uh, yeah, you need to answer this right, Andy. What name do Chun-Li, Honda, and Balrog call themselves for their magic show? The Three Amigos. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's not the three amigos. They call themselves Bell something. The Ben Belly Brothers. Nah. I believe it is. That a was a fucking hard one. I wouldn't have got that one. A reference to an old magic show from way back in the day. Uh, we'll fly through the list of questions. Andy can't win now. So, Chris, on what day did M. Bison's forces terrorise Chun Li's family? Uh, Tuesday. It was a Tuesday. Damn it! He oh, got all these. Was... Sounds specific. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was a Tuesday. It was just a Tuesday. It was just a Tuesday. Uh, uh, Andy, what does M. Bison say when he has blown up Gail's boat? Very excitedly. Game over! He does say game over, very good. And Chris, with a clean sweep, all five right. Can you name me two things that were on the good tape that Blanca was forced to watch? Any two of the things that were on this tape? Uh, children running and a wedding. Uh, correct, I have a wedding, a dolphin, <laughs> Martin Luther King, a parent and a child, some people dancing, and Einstein. <laughs> they are the good things <laughs> in the world. Uh, I'll give you children running because there was a kid running in it. So yeah, Chris got five in that one. Fucking hell. Loves his street I I Literally, if it wasn't for the fact I made a note of seeing that book, I was like, Bruce is going to ask that. Chris has definitely got my kind of methods down here. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. That was a very successful quiz. We better crack on though. On to point six, movies within movies. I've kept track of the parodies and references. Good morning, Vietnam. Very early on when the guy shouting good morning, Shadaloo. I've got Austin Powers, as I said earlier. Uh, the Wizard of Oz, because they shouted at M. Bison to come out from behind the curtain at one point. Godzilla was very on the nose. And then Return of the Jedi was the, I'll shoot you with electric. I mean, I think of Return of the Jedi. And my never not good things in this film that are never not good when they appear. Scale models. They're always amazing. <laughs> <laughs> scale models. Always. Never not good. Uh, Chris, what have you got? Um, briefly, quite quickly, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme made a small cameo as himself in our unaired pilot episode of Last Action Hero. He did. And I almost missed it, but Zangief was in Batman Returns as Chip. <laughs> the best one, the best uh, crossover one we've ever had is that... I only Bat- did like the characters and I was like, surely, I can't remember him being in anything, so I, was, I almost skipped him and came back to him. But, he was I absolutely one was... obliterated him for his performance in Batman Returns, thinking he would never ever show up <laughs> in a film again, and here he is in this one here. Technically, there's one more that you missed, Chris. 
and this is a massive crossover one for us. Now, this is I'm only going on one app that does movies that's given me this information, and you can tell by the roles this person played. Someone called TJ Storm was in this film. He played the role of man <laughs> in this <laughs> film. So it could oh, be he's a guy. He was on right at the very end of the credit list, didn't he? On IMDb, and I never looked at him because he did because you, you just called man. Well, he was man in this. He played guest fighter in the Mortal Kombat movie. Yeah. So he is the one crossover star. Oh, the star. guy at the start. <laughs> I don't know who you mean. Ah, oh, fuck. But yeah, uh, yeah. One guy was in these two great, I don't know, pillars of <laughs> template podcast. <laughs> but yeah, I thought uh, Andrew Andrew Brierninski being both Zangief and, yeah. and Chip Shrek, I thought, is an amazing crossover. Uh, yeah. As for us... I tried to do something different. I tried to picture us as who I thought might be your favourite characters. Mm. So, as I played it, I liked Guile because I liked the fact that he could do upside down like kicks and stuff and I thought he was <laughs> cool, but he was actually shit. I thought Andy would be Honda until I looked at the background and maybe he might be Vega, actually. Like, your favourite character was. <laughs> ah, see, yeah. uh, I, until you said about Blanca, I was going to say Bruce is more Bison. I thought you might like the Bison guy. I, I feel like he would... I don't know, is he unlocked from the beginning, Bison? I'm no, I don't sure know if he can, can just, no. I don't think he could just pick Aww. up the place. I probably would have yeah. done had it been an option, but yeah, Blanca. Uh, yeah, my, my, I went down a different route where I just feel like our relationship is kind of Andy is Sagat, Chris is Ken, and I'm Rau. <laughs> 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 well, I don't want to go the obvious of making Andy Bison and me yeah. and you like... I was the evil ones. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm such a nice yeah, guy. Me and Chris being kind of, I don't know. I tried to go different this time, but who was your favourite character? I always played as Ken. Oh. oh I was fucking miles off there, my Honda. You know what has that old Hadouken thing, is it? Like, Both Ken and Ryu have the same moves. One's white and ah. one's red. Right, okay, yeah. Okay. Nice. But yeah. Uh, and Andy, recasting. Right, this one's a funny one. Because I've decided if I could take one character completely out and put the other character in, would it affect the film in any way? And it is, you take Ming-Na Wen out and you put Ming-Na Wen back in as the cavalry from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and she'll be the same character. <laughs> oh. Yeah, she would pretty much be the same. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely no different. <laughs> no different. She'd probably be, oh no, no, she'd be the same. Yep. <laughs> Less friendly, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, nailed it. Can't beat that. Uh, on a point seven, sticking with Andy. Andy's trigger warning alert. This is Andy's trigger warning. All who are listening and watching. Right, this this one's a, a proper hot topic at the moment. However, <laughs> Bison, oh, right? Geez. He's just trying to take over, like make things better and stuff like that. And all these people are trying to stop him. Now, even the military, right, got orders not to go. And Guile just went, Nah, fuck this. I'm going. He completely did that. So, my kind of question is, should the US pull out of Iraq and <laughs> Afghanistan? <laughs> <laughs> or Maybe should I'm some of them US troops just stay there? <laughs> could uh, Afghanistan I, I, become I, the next Bisontopolis? I don't know. It could be. We could be M. Bison could be the one in Afghanistan giving the press conferences on, on behalf of the Taliban as we speak. Yeah. <laughs> because, right, I'm not trying to big up the Taliban here, right? In any shape or form. However, yeah. how fucking good are they at taking over an entire country in like four weeks? Yeah, boom, done. Like, yeah. they should be on the coronavirus like research team because they would have that shit sorted. <laughs> So, we don't get the numbers out of Afghanistan. Afghanistan, they might be. The Taliban might have already cured it. Like yeah. 
<laughs> but uh, like, so to take away from that, I'm just thinking, right? Would a dictator be the right thing? Because I'm thinking, there's got perks. Bison had. Is, I, I'd be okay with Bison. What is he doing wrong? Like, at what point is he being evil in this? Exactly. Like, he has. Just he has a massive people, basically. Yeah, but he's holding them to ransom. All he wants is the money. Like, yeah. At what well, point no, he did kill two people just like that? <laughs> snapped their necks. Yeah, 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 but they probably deserved uh, it. But then, were they not the ones that he'd like? They were. Oh, challenging to a fight. Yeah, they were enemy soldiers, right? Yeah. So, like, it's, it's, uh, it's, the Gale's troops, they're yeah. the same uniform. So, uh, to be yeah. fair, I'd probably rather die than work under Gale. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I'd much rather work for Bison than Gale because yeah. it seems like if you work for Gale, you're probably going to die, and John Claude Van Damme seems like a bit of a dick. Bison seems to pay well. And like DJ oh, just after, run yeah. off. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Zangief didn't get paid well. When it comes to the end of the film, <laughs> Jean Claude Van Damme has defied direct orders from not just like his armed forces, but like the world's armed yep. forces. Is he just going to be court-martialed and arrested? Like, is he, is he in the wrong here? Because he went and did something he wasn't. Oh, he is, to. but he'll be branded a hero because it worked. You reckon? <laughs> well, I'm not sh- I reckon there'll be. Someone from the Bison Law team will be like trying to get him. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't well, know. now that he's still alive, he can come back and sue him because exactly. he came in here and attacked me for no reason. Exactly. Yeah. He uh, he was told not to. So yeah, to round off my trigger warning, if you're an American soldier, listen to this in Afghanistan. Maybe just stay out there. Don't listen to the orders. Help help a friend. There you go. Uh, I wasn't sure Randy was going to go with it. Andy's definitely going the correct direction, but I had a wee, not guess so much, but I thought I'd maybe just mention it in the trigger warning section. Again, this is my own trigger warning. This is 1994. This is less my trigger back then. Is there a suggestion that Sagat and Vega are a gay couple in this film? Uh, that prison where he's standing behind yeah. going, yeah. <laughs> in, there's like one scene early on where the two of them are sitting together and I'm like, are they meant to be looking like... And then when in the prison, I'm like, they are definitely... He's definitely like... Yeah. <laughs> he's looking after him in prison. But I like <laughs> the um, thing he would offer in Honda handy as well after two weeks. <laughs> That's a <laughs> yeah. true friend. That's just the best, <laughs> best line in the film. Yeah. I forgot about that bit. <laughs> it's a true friend right there. Yeah, that's a great, great line. Right, we better crack on getting through the rest of the podcast. Point eight, the nominations for the 10-point podcast awards at the end of the season. I have quite a lot, so I'll lead off uh, with mine now. Uh, best acting, Raul Julia, of course. Uh, worst acting, Jean-Claude Van Damme. It's hideously bad, so it has to be him. Yep. Best costume, M. Bison's costume, which oh, yeah. one, any of them are all the best. You know it's a good costume when it's like right at the very first when the opening credits. I was literally going to say that. You make a point of note if it is saying M. Bison was created by this person. Yeah. This is going to be good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I feel like you guys might have uh, Chun Lee slightly behind, if not ahead, but I'm going M. Bison as my nomination. Best fight. Because of my Godzilla tendencies, I'm going Zangi versus Honda. <laughs> it's probably not literally the best fight, but it's the one I enjoyed the most. Uh, I'll go for that one. Uh, worst accent is definitely a category we've done before. Does Jean-Claude Van Damme Count because is he even doing an American accent? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I'll float out there. We'll see what happens. I'll nominate him. Worst sets, the lab Ooh. is especially rickety. Like, there's that doing stuff. The walls are shaking. At one point, the doctor sits down at the console, and the whole console just wobbles back <laughs> and all that stuff. So, that's definitely getting the worst set. I noticed that. Um, I've got best hair written down here because I was definitely at one point thinking, Ken, not Ken, uh, Ryu has amazing hair. But then, I don't know, Cammy. No. She finally lets the pick. It's an amazing. Charlie. Like, no, 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 no. You're going to 
Chunley, exactly. That scene oh, the... even you. I went for Vega. <laughs> okay, yeah. So I left it black. I couldn't decide myself. So yeah, most of the hair could be better here. <laughs> Although Chunley, uh, I suppose when she gets the the Leia thing, like she does in the game, yeah. I suppose it is yeah. good. But no, Vegas is glorious through the whole film. Right. Okay. Vega, good shout. Right. I might. I might go with that. Uh, worst hair slash costume is Blanca. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God's sake. Uh, and then on to the the big ones that we do. Best inanimate object. M Bison's floating platform. Yep. Uh, Give me that. Michael Pena award, Chun Li and Bison in the yep. scene about it being Tuesday. Agreed. Best bell end, M Bison, amazing. <laughs> uh, good at being a bell end. And then the worst plan, which I can't believe I'm not to discuss anymore, the stealth boat. <laughs> which, oh yeah. Which is our plan is we will hide <laughs> our boat so no one can see it despite the fact that it's on a water. <laughs> and what we're going to do is, is blow up stuff gradually <laughs> as we go towards the base so they also see us coming from that aspect as well. Terrible plan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's it. A lot of nominations. So I don't know if anyone's got any others they want to pick out. Uh, so you've, I've got same worst actor, same be- uh, best actor, best hair as Vega. My best plan, Andy will agree with this one, is Bison making a food court in Bisonopolis bigger. Yep. Yep. Uh, that is, never that, that's winning best plan at the ponies. There cannot be a better plan. Always a bigger food court. Uh, same best costume. My best line is Zangief's quick change of channel. <laughs> and my worst twist is Gail's not dead. I thought yeah. of that. And I, in the film, I'm not even sure it's meant to be a twist. It's in the film. It's so obvious. But yeah, I, I, I would agree with it. If it's meant to be a twist, uh, Andy, oh. any nominations? I don't. Th- I don't think you covered them all. I want to put Ming-Na Wen in somewhere because she was pretty good, but I don't. I don't have a character for her. Who is best actress then? Best actress. Best uh, supporting. Def- Maybe. Yeah. Fun fact: she went back to the set of ER and told George Clooney that her career was over after seeing this film. <laughs> How she was wrong. Also, another thing: oh. I should have put this on a trigger warning. Okay. Now I know it's genetics. She looks way older in this than she does now. It's mental. If you look at Ming Nawen now, she, I think she's identical now as she was yeah. 20, 30 years ago. I it doesn't crack. <laughs> she doesn't crack. No, she doesn't. <laughs> uh, we'll leave it there. I feel like Addy hasn't got any big nominations that you're sitting <laughs> no. on. We did cover a lot there. Uh, better go on to the moral of the story. What lessons we thought uh, were learned from the film. Uh, let's start with Andy then, since we stole all your awards nominations. Don't buy guns from people you don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've gone for people don't like it when you try to build utopia. That's what I've got written. That's, that's all they wanted to do, is just build a nice place, but people don't want that. Uh, and Chris? Uh, mine says don't do cocaine because it fucks up your career. <laughs> it makes you a bad actor. <laughs> That's a good lesson. Uh, on to the 10-point rating. Oh, on the 10- before, before, let's go back to cocaine. i tell you one thing that cocaine did. It gave him a hell of a run-up out of that little pod to do a flying kick over oh, some spikes yeah. and everything like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My God. Yeah. That, that stuff, fucking hell. He was so fast. No one's acting any, but physically <laughs> helped him, yeah. <laughs> uh, the 10-point rating then, what we rate this film out of 10. Andy, you selected it, so why don't you give us it first? As I said in the opening, this film's got it all. It's got it's got good bits, it's got shit bits, it's got amazing sets, it's got shit sets, it's got great actors, it's got not-so-great actors. It's all over the shop. However, every time I put this on, there's something else I see, there's so much going on, I enjoy it, so I guess a 6. 
six from Andy, which is a pretty high score for him. Uh, Chris, I guess that you'd seen some percentage of it, so you're next uh, on your race. Yeah, I said it, but I think it's completely utter shit, and it's lucky to get a two. <laughs> oh, God Done. Done. How? Monster. We laughed. I somehow enjoyed this film. I, like, I had a lot of fun. Va- let's say Van Damme is terrible and drags his quarter of the film down. Yep. Therefore, like a seven is as high as I can go because of that. But it's not my rating because Blanca is ruined. So it comes down a point, <laughs> at least for that as well. So I settled about a five because I, just, I enjoyed it. It is not good. There's problems with it. There's plot holes like was selected and there's bad performances outside of Jean-Claude Van Damme. But M. Bison brings it up. Yeah, he's amazing in it. And there's bits and pieces and the like I don't know, homages to the, the characters and all that stuff. So yeah, it's a five. I think if I watched it again, it might get better if I kinda kinda start to love it a bit more than rather Especially than if you watch the end credits. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. What did you not uh, vote Mortal Kombat then? Because oh, do you think this is better than Mortal Kombat? Uh, I think I do. Uh, so that gives it a four as our official rating for it, if my math Chris's are good. face, he's disgusted. So oh, it goes, this is ridiculous. Uh, Andy 6, me 5, Chris 2. And Mortal Kombat was Andy 6, me 3, Chris 5. So we've kind of flipped yeah. it, essentially. Uh, so I think... Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat is 10 better. times better than this. I don't know. It's up. It's, no. it's 50-50 for me. and like My score shows it. 6. So me, oh. I go Mortal Kombat... Then Street Fighter, and then the new Mortal Kombat, which is way better. Yeah, uh, it's the best movie fighting game. It's so disgusting. Yeah, I am. I'm fucking disgusted. I'm furious. I, 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 I don't think this is as bad. It's another one. I don't think it's as bad as people make out. There's problems. And oh yeah, great. I but, literally, Raúl Julia and Ming Na Wen saved this film. Yeah. Is if it wasn't for them, I'd be getting fucking zero, whether <laughs> you like it or not. But, but, I'm so I angry. Enjoyed my time. <laughs> there are times where we argue, and I know Andy hates it when the Coen brothers make him hate yeah. <laughs> living. There are some films where we despise, but I feel like I had an enjoyable time watching this film. Never, get never cup, ever watching this again. Good, because, it'll, couple because of it'll, it'll carry on with my theme. That's good. There we go. A couple of guesses of what his theme is. Good transition there. Uh, Chris, you said you thought you had an idea. All right, well, I was going to put uh, Coke heads. <laughs> 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 Um, I don't know. It, 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 it could be a theme, but I'm not sure. It's not what I'm going for. <laughs> no, it's, it's themes that um, have been universally panned, but are actually better than what they they are. No, because you've completely disproven that. Because you fucking hate this film. <laughs> oh yeah, but I'm, like that's why you're picking them. Ah, no, okay, not not the uh, theme. Uh, <laughs> it's not films that average below a three on IMDb. Or <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I had video game movies. You said it's not that. It's not transition. Yeah, no, as well. Yeah, it's not video games. Uh, so my last one is uh, I got did this last season as well. Is it mutants? <laughs> it's not mutants. <laughs> because, because Blanca, it's, it's a mutant in this. <laughs> it is not mutants this season. Right. Not this because uh, I think beginning of last season, I guess whatever it was you had the season before, because that film also fit in. So uh, yeah, that was my only guess outside of that. So I think on one movie, we don't know uh, what Andy's theme is. <laughs> Next time. It is not back to Chris again because it's the viewer pick time. Yay! Yay. Hopefully, we're going to get to see the the wheel of. Let's see. We come up with a name. This wheel, the 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 wheel of movies or something like that, is going to come up here, and we'll find out together. Right. Are we ready? I I am ready. Right. Uh, There you go. You guys should be seeing this wheel. Well, I will let you know when I see it. Can you see the wheel? Quite, but it's coming. I think. And yes, I can now right. see said wheel. Oh, holy crap, there's no <laughs> Here we go. Let's spin the wheel. What's next? We're spinning. 
Oh, oh, it's slowing, it's slowing. Oh, oh. Oh, uh, ready or not? Ready or not? Oh, I don't even know what I've this is. Off the head, I have no idea, yeah. What is ready or not? This is one of the ones that... My we, picks. We have a name on who picked it next to it anywhere. Uh, I can find that name shortly. Potentially. Yes. Ready or <laughs> not? I know it's a Fuji song, is it that? This is where Ready we have to spin the wheel again. Well, I found three films. Sorry, four films. Sorry, five. A lot of films called Ready or Not. <laughs> oh, this... yeah, we never thought about this, did we? No, nope, we did not. This is what happens when we do live spins. <laughs> it's not like the Danish one, whatever it is I can see here. Uh, ready uh, or not, his... If you find out... Um, oh, it could be... Here was. It could we'll be the 2019 one. Could be what it is. Uh, was it one of... Who's, who picked ready I, or not? I, it was Rachel's pick. So that's one of Chris's right. friends. Uh, would it be a film from 2019 starring Samara Weaving, Adam Brody and Andy McDowell? Would we should just do it? that one. Let's do that yeah, one. I think we should do I recognise the poster on my phone here, so it looks kind of right. like I've gone kind of like that. Uh, That's the one we're going to do. Not, we'll do that one. That was the top one that came up when I typed it on my app. Okay. Uh, so ready or not, 2019. Uh, let's see if IMDb. That's the top one on IMDb as well. When you type right, in we're going for that. So. that. This is what the random generator <laughs> brings us. Ready or not? <laughs> uh, never thought about this, did we? Actually, if there's more than one film. Let's we see. need to put dates uh, on people's picks. Yeah, in terms of genre, if this ever loads on my phone, action, comedy, horror, mystery, thriller. So, ah. a lot going on there. So, uh, everyone has seven seven days to find that. Uh, we'll, oh, yeah, that's the wedding one. Okay, yeah, I remember now. It's just like a bride, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Seven days, find yourself ready or not, 2019. And we'll catch you next time on the Fanplot Podcast. <laughs>